What's up, guys? It is December 6th, Monday, December 6th, 2021. 19 days till the fat man comes. Hope everybody's doing good. Great day in the neighborhood in the metropolis of Alaska. Unseasonably warm. I think it's supposed to get up to, what, 71 degrees today? Jeez. But tomorrow... And yeah, if you didn't know, I will do traffic after we do the weather here. If you just curious, you know, tomorrow looks like the high is going to be like 49 degrees. I'm just literally, you know, I like to keep up with the weather. Uh, keep up, you know, because you got to keep up with the weather. Yeah, 48 degrees tomorrow, then 42 on Wednesday, 49 Thursday, and then 75 Saturday. Let's see. Rain showers on the afternoon Saturday. My daughter, she got voted homecoming queen for her school this year. She's actually got to be in a Christmas parade on Saturday, so that's why I was kind of curious about Saturday. Anyway, this is not weather talk. This is the final score. Back again with another episode. We had a had a busy, busy week. I was able to actually get off yesterday, Sunday. It was the first Sunday I'd had off in a month. Actually got the chance to to watch a little bit of football and uh, to you know I had I'm a town commissioner here in Alaska and I had to get the finish up the Christmas decorations which they were giving me a hard time but finally finished it with some good help uh, thanks to my buddy Jonathan Morris for lending a hand and we got it knocked out yesterday so Christmas is now all I have to do is finish my shopping and I know like everybody else. I'm sure if you are already finished, then you know what? Forget you. No, really. If you're already finished, my hat's off to you because uh, I always have good intentions of of getting my Christmas shopping done early, and it never happens. It never happens, you know. So now I got I've got to catch that up. Who knows what it'll be like with the whole shipping deal. You know, you never know these days when it's going to get here or if it's going to get here by Christmas now or not. We'll see. We'll, we'll keep our fingers crossed on that. We've got 19 days, so hopefully everything we order will get here before 19 days. But let's talk about some sports. Let's start off college football. The championship games, conference championship games were all this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, some of them didn't go like I wanted them to. <laughs> Alabama fans, hats off to you. You put a whooping on Georgia. 41-24. to 24. Georgia gave up more points against Alabama than they had in, like, what, four games? Yeah. And people were telling me, now, Alabama's going to get them. And I was like, no, Georgia's defense will come up. Georgia's defense, that's the difference this year. Is Georgia's defense well? That went out in the first half. I mean, it was terrible. If you're if you're an Alabama fan, it was great. If you're anybody but if you're an Alabama hater, it was not great. Alabama just put it on them. I mean, after I think the first couple possessions, Alabama got stopped, but then I guess they saw something and they could move the ball at will against Georgia anytime they wanted to for the rest of the game. What can you say about Alabama quarterback Bryce Young? 
I mean, he said SEC championship records, 421 yards passing, 461 yards total offense in that game. Three passing touchdowns, one run. I think he had 286 yards passing in the first half. It was – I don't know what Georgia – Georgia was probably, you know, they they didn't show up. <laughs> Evidently not. Uh, Kirby Smart, head coach of Georgia, talked about Young. He said he's so good at avoiding the rush. He buys time with his mobility and makes plays downfield. Give him credit. He did a tremendous job. No crap. Uh, the tied Alabama's defense wasn't so bad either. They sealed the victory with Jordan Bowles' 42-yard interception return to the end zone with about 12 minutes remaining. Now, the quarterback for Georgia, Stetson Bennett, threw for 340 yards and three touchdowns, but he also had two, two crushing interceptions. I think one was in the red zone and then one was that pick six. So you're looking at a 10-point turnaround there. Uh, Could have gone either way after that. Uh, Alabama fell into a 10-0 hole early. And then it was 41. They got out. They got scored Georgia 41-14 to the rest of the game. So what does this mean for the rankings? Well, we'll get to that in just a few minutes. Uh, but and some bad news came out of this game for Alabama. John Meachie, star wide receiver, out. And it looks like he may have a tour ACL, which means he won't be playing in the playoffs. But what is it about Alabama? You always got one guy waiting in the wings. Uh, Jameson Williams picked up the slack for his injured teammate. 184 yards with seven receptions, two, two, two touchdowns. Mitchie didn't have a bad day before he, he was hurt. Six catches and 97 yards and a touchdown. So Alabama is now the 2021 SEC champions. Kirby Smart, who is a former defensive coordinator at Alabama, 0-4 against Saban. Now, did you hear Saban after the game talking about uh, all, the, all the press, all the reporters, what they were saying <laughs> rat poison all that rat poison you guys gave us was yummy and I, I he was talking about he relished being an underdog you guys gave us a lot of really positive rat poison saving told reporters after the, the game the rat poison that you usually give us is usually fatal but the rat poison you put out there this week was yummy they were underdog for the first time in 93 games this week and they were Georgia was favored by six and a half points. Alabama won by 17. Wow. So, let's go to Michigan and our, another champ, another conference championship game. Now, I said last week on the show that watch out for this game. Michigan's coming off a big emotional win over Ohio State. Harbaugh gets the monkey off his back. Could they have a letdown? Had they, would they not have come down off that cloud from that from last week's win and, and kind of overlook Iowa in this championship game? Well, guess what? I was wrong. <laughs> Michigan rolls over Iowa. 
42-3 to clinch their first Big Ten title in 17 years and likely the first playoff berth in school history, which we'll talk about that in a few minutes. Uh, you know, Iowa, you think about it. Iowa was ranked in the top, what, three early in the season? And not too long ago they were ranked in the top ten. Michigan crushed them. Is it, was that Ohio State game getting over the hump? Was that what Michigan needed? Evidently what? And I'll tell you this. An emotional, emotional weekend in the state of Michigan. Everybody, I'm sure, has heard about the shooting tragedy that took, took the lives of four high school students in Oxford, Michigan, including Tate Meyer, who was a football player and a wrestler. Well, Michigan honored the victims of school about an hour away from its campus by wearing a patch on their right shoulder with Myers jersey number 42 and four hearts, one for each student who died inside the school's traditional Brock O logo, which was a classy move by, by Michigan. Also, Myers family joined the Wolverines captain in the midfield for the pregame coin toss, and finally the Wolverines' final score gave them 42 points, 42-3. So... Michigan has won five straight. You think Michigan's got a chance to win this national championship? You, It's not how you, I guess, how you start. As long as you don't fall totally off the rails. When you get hot at the right time and you're already in a position to make that move, to be in, involved in that championship scene, this may be – watch out for Michigan. Hawkeyes were ranked 13th, lost their second straight title game, and uh, just just never showed up. There was a lot – you know, this game was a blowout from the start. Hats off, hats off to uh, Jim Harbaugh and hats off to Michigan. Watch out for Michigan – in this college football playoff. All right, then the ACC championship game. We talked about this last week. Who would have thought at the start of the year that it would come down to Pitt and Wake Forest? <laughs> I was pulling for Wake Forest. I'm not going to lie to you. Pitt, I know Pitt's got a good team, you know, and uh, Kenny Pickett, he's a definite great quarterback. A lot of teams, including my Steelers, I'm sure are looking at him for the draft next year. So, Wake Forest, they, after that Clemson game, they, they recovered a little bit in the next game, but you got to wonder if if they people didn't kind of find out all about Wake Forest after that game. They were back in the ACC title game for the first time since winning the 2006 championship, but could not overcome Pitt and Kenny Pickett and Pitt's defense. Kenny Pickett, three touchdowns, and Eric Hallett, the second, returned one of Pitt's four interceptions for a touchdown to help the number 17 Pitt Panthers beat number 18 Wake Forest 45-21 in the ACC championship game. Hallett, who was the MVP, had a pick six with 11.42 left. That came on the heels of A.J. Woods having a 75-yard interception return that fell only three yards short of taking it all the way for the score early in the fourth quarter. 
That was a highlight sequence and a strong defensive performance that locked up the high-scoring Demon Dinkins after the opening quarter and ultimately carried the Panthers to their first ACC title since leaving, leaving the Big East in 2013. So, Pitt is your ACC champions. <laughs> That's crazy to me. But you know, after that first game, what Clemson played Georgia, scored three points. I didn't think Clemson had what it took, but you didn't know who was going to be the ones to step up and, and get it. I didn't think these two teams, especially not Wake Forest, Pitt with Pickett, uh, yeah, I, th I thought maybe, maybe they'd have a chance, but Wake Forest, my hat's off to both teams for having a great year. Uh, Wake Forest, you got nothing to hang your head about. You did great all year. Um, so don't don't hang your heads over that. You, have, you got a bowl game to concentrate on now. How about the Big 12 championship? Baylor and Oklahoma State. Two other teams that, you know, everybody was figuring Oklahoma, Spitzer Rattler, uh, Lincoln Riley were going to be in the championship game. But, you know, Lincoln Riley's out. And word comes out this week. Rattler is transferring. Big shocker there. Is it to USC? Who knows? We'll see. Uh, Baylor. Blake Shapin threw three TDs, completed his first 17 passes, and they jumped out to a 21-3 lead. But Oklahoma State rallies back, gets within striking distance on fourth and goal. Desmond Jackson comes up inches short on a desperate fourth down drive with 24 seconds. And fifth-ranked Oklahoma State failed to ninth-ranked Baylor 21-16, knocking Oklahoma State out of a contentable playoff spot. This was a good game. I mean, I, I saw bits and pieces of it. Like I said, it looked like Baylor was just going to run away with it, but I give Oklahoma State credit. They come back and make it. Make it one of the best, probably the best game of the day in college football. Um, also, we have to talk about Cincinnati. Cincinnati, of course, coming in undefeated. Needs this win over Houston in the AAC championship game to stay even it talked about for uh, for the play, for being in the playoff on the top four teams. They get the win. 35-20. What was a close game until the third quarter? Cincinnati breaks it open in the third quarter and rolls past Houston 35-20. So, Bearcats were ranked number four in, the, in last week's college football playoff rankings. Could be the first non-power five team to qualify, and we'll talk about that in just a few minutes. Let me talk about this, though, before we go to the rankings. Um... For the people who were talking about Georgia, where they lost to Alabama the way they did, yeah, it was a blowout. It was a bad game for Georgia. People are actually talking about they don't deserve to be in the playoffs. How do you figure that? They've dominated all year till this game. I mean, dominated. 
You're going to hold them out because they lost to what you consider everybody out there saying, and with good reason, saying the number one team in college football right now, Alabama. But you just take this. Remember, Alabama was number three before this game. They had one loss to Texas A&M, who was ranked, what, 25th? So you're not going to take them out. You're not even talking about them being out. Even talking about if they lose this game to Georgia, they should still be in the playoffs with two losses, which I disagree with. But that didn't happen. Alabama wins. They go to number one. So here's the, here's the matchup now. Number one versus number four, Alabama versus Cincinnati. Cincinnati, like we said, becomes the first non-Power 5 conference team to make the college football playoffs. And they start off with the big one, Alabama. Can Cincinnati hold their own with Alabama? Can Cincinnati pull their upset? We're going to talk about that later. we got a long time to talk about these uh, college football playoffs and the bowl games. So that leaves number two versus number three. Michigan stays at number two with good reason. And Georgia at number three, which should be a great game. Georgia has to pick themselves back up because Michigan, like I said, is on fire right now. Georgia better figure out the stuff on defense and start playing defense when Michigan will run away with them. But I think this will be a good game. So that's your college football playoffs. Alabama versus Cincinnati, Michigan versus Georgia. Now, some people were upset because two SEC teams were in it on opposite sides not playing each other. Well, big freaking deal. I mean, that's the way the playoffs work. Am I upset with any of these teams that are in the top four? No. I think... They actually got it right this year. I think these are the top four teams in, in football. Sorry, Ohio State. If you'd have beat Michigan, you'd have been up there too. But you know, it's not going. It's not going to happen. Alabama versus Cincinnati and Michigan versus Georgia in the playoffs. Now let's get to the bowl schedule. All the matchups were announced yesterday, so we're going to run down this bowl schedule for you. All right, so there's like 30 gazillion bowls. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious, guys. You know, you remember the day back when I was growing up, I was a teen. I was born in 73. So back when I was old enough to start start learning about football or start paying attention to it, to college and pro, you didn't have all these bowl games. You had a handful, maybe, maybe a little bit more. But as ESPNs come along and as the whole TV deals have come along, they've had to increase the amount of bowls for sponsorships. It's a business. I'm telling you. It's not about sports anymore. It's about business. And that goes with most of your sports nowadays. It's a business. We're talking about a business, like my man in Purple Rain says. We're talking about a business. So, let's talk. Let's let's run down these bowl games right quick. And uh, uh, starting so eleven days from now, bowl season starts. Friday, December seventeenth, the Bahamas Bowl from Nassau, Bahamas. What a trip for some of these guys. You know how many. I've never been to the Bahamas. These guys are going to go play football in the Bahamas. Middle Tennessee versus Toledo. 
and that'll be at 12 p.m. on ESPN. If you, I'm gonna read out the TV information. Then you got at 6 p.m. on ESPN two, you got the Cure Bowl, Cure Bowl, Northern Illinois versus Coastal Carolina at Camping World Stadium in Orlando, Florida. Move on to Saturday, December 18th, the Boca Raton Bowl. Appalachian State plays Western Kentucky at 11 a.m. on ESPN in Boca Raton, Florida. Celebration Bowl. Is this cool in the Gangs Bowl? Jackson State versus Prairie View A&M, 12 p.m. on ABC. New Mexico Bowl, 2.15 on ESPN. Fresno State takes on UTEP. The Independence Bowl. Number 13, BYU versus UAB, Alabama-Birmingham, 3.30 p.m. on ABC. The Lending Tree Bowl, (laughs) 5.45 on ESPN, Eastern Michigan versus Liberty. The LA Bowl, Hmm. Oregon State versus Utah State, 7.30 p.m. on ABC. The New Orleans Bowl. Number 23, Louisiana versus Marshall. That's at 9.15 on ESPN. So Saturday, that Saturday will be a big, big day for college football. You've got, what, six games? Six bowl games? One, two, three, four. Seven games on Saturday. So if you're a college football player, you might clear your schedule, get all your Christmas shopping done and sit back and watch bowl games all day Saturday. So Monday, December 20th, the Myrtle Beach Bowl, Tulsa versus Old Dominion. That's 2.30 p.m. on ESPN. The famous Idaho Potato Bowl, Kent State versus Wyoming. That's at 3.30 p.m. That can't be on ESPN. No, that's the next Tuesday, excuse me. Tuesday, is when the Idaho Potato Bowl is. Kent State versus Wyoming, 3.30 p.m. on ESPN. And then the Frisco Bowl, number 24, San Diego State versus UTSA. That's 7.30 p.m. on ESPN. So now we move to Wednesday. So every day you're going to have football for a while, counting counting pro football. You're going to have every day you're going to have football for, which it's not much different now. Wednesday, December 22nd, the, the Armed Forces Bowl, Missouri versus the Army, 8 p.m. on ESPN. So that's the only game that day. Thursday, the Frisco Football Classic, Miami, Ohio versus North Texas at 3.30 p.m. on ESPN. The Gasparilla Bowl, Florida versus UCF, 7 p.m. on ESPN. So then we move to Friday, December 24th, Christmas Eve. 8 o'clock, the Hawaii Bowl, Memphis versus Hawaii on ESPN at 8 o'clock. So while you're sitting around with your family, opening up presents or doing whatever, after that, take a break and watch some football. Then Christmas Day, Saturday, December 25th, we got one game, the Camilla Bowl, Ball State versus Georgia State at 2.30 on ESPN. Then they take Sunday off for the NFL. The Quick Lane Bowl on Monday, December 27th, Western Michigan versus Nevada. That's at 11 a.m. on ESPN. Then the Military Bowl, my boys from ECU, the Pirates, go Pirates, take off Boston College at 2.30 p.m. on ESPN. That'll close out that day. Then Tuesday, December 28th, 
Birmingham Bowl, number 20, Houston versus Auburn. That should be a good game. 12 p.m. on ESPN. First Responder Bowl, Air Force versus Louisville, 3.15 p.m. on ESPN. Liberty Bowl, Liberty Bowl. <laughs> Texas Tech versus Mississippi State, 6.45 p.m. on ESPN. The Holiday Bowl, the Wolfpack, NC State Wolfpack, number 18 in the nation, take on UCLA, 8 p.m. on Fox. Here's a good one. The Guaranteed Rate Bowl. <laughs> Minnesota versus West Virginia at 10.15 p.m. on ESPN. Then we move to Wednesday, the 29th, the Fenway Bowl, Virginia versus SMU, 2.15 p.m. on ESPN. The Cheez-It Bowl. Number 19, Clemson versus Iowa State, excuse me, at 5.45 p.m. The Alamo Bowl, number 14, Oregon versus number 16, Oklahoma. 9.15 p.m. on ESPN. Lincoln Riley will not be coaching in that game. I think Bob Stoops is going to be the coach for that game. <laughs> the Battle of the Carolinas in the Duke's Mayo Bowl. <laughs> UNC versus South Carolina. It's Charlotte. That'll be a packed house there. Then the Music City Bowl, Tennessee versus Purdue, 3 p.m. on ESPN. Peach Bowl, number 10, Michigan State versus number 12, Pittsburgh, 7 p.m. on ESPN. That should be a good game. Las Vegas Bowl, Wisconsin versus Ohio versus Arizona State. I keep wanting to say Ohio State. Wisconsin versus Arizona State, 10.30 p.m. on ESPN. Then New Year's Eve, Gator Bowl, number 17, Wake Forest versus number 25, Texas A&M. Then you've got the Sun Bowl, Washington State versus Miami, 12 p.m. on CBS. The Wake Forest game is 11 a.m. on ESPN, in case you're wondering. Arizona Bowl, Central Michigan versus Boise State, 2 p.m. Cotton Bowl Classic. This is a college football playoff semifinal, one of them. Number one, Alabama versus number four, Cincinnati, 3.30 p.m. on ESPN. Then the Orange Bowl. Number two, Michigan versus number three, Georgia. That's 7.30 p.m. on ESPN. Then New Year's Day, the Outback Bowl. Number 21, Arkansas versus Penn State on ESPN 2 at 12 p.m. Citrus Bowl, number 15, Iowa versus number 22, Kentucky, 1 p.m. on ABC. Fiesta Bowl, number five, Notre Dame versus number nine, Oklahoma State, 1 p.m. on ESPN. I don't think Brian Kelly is going to be there for that game either. Rose Bowl, number six, Ohio State versus number 11, Utah at 5 p.m. on ESPN. Sugar Bowl, number seven, Baylor versus number eight, Ole Miss, 8.45 p.m. on ESPN. And then Tuesday, January 4th, the Texas Bowl, Kansas State versus LSU, 9 p.m. on ESPN. Now, Monday, January 10th will be the National Championship game. That'll be 8 p.m. on ESPN, Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. So, after we've gone through that rigor mortis of how many bowl games it is, does anybody besides me think there's too many bowl games? And I'm sure there'll be more added. There's some added every year. What would be a good bowl responsible bowl game? I'm surprised one of these breakfast cereals hadn't like the Rice Krispies Bowl or the Fruit Loops Bowl or the Fruity Pebbles Bowl had come along and said anything. General Mills, whoever does all the uh, cereals, you might want to look into it. 
Might be a good idea. What other? But toilet bowl. Everybody always says the toilet bowl. Who's going to want to play in the toilet bowl, though? That's always reserved for teams that you think aren't good enough to make a regular bowl game, the toilet bowl. So that's your college football college football bowl game schedule. And uh, that's all the times and stuff like that. We'll be talking more about that as we get closer to the bowl game season. Also in college football, a lot of moving around this week. Just as we finished our last episode of the Final Score, some big news came out. We talked about Lincoln Riley leaving Oklahoma to go to USC. Well, literally, no, that wasn't the only big name on the move. Brian Kelly leaving number five Notre Dame. Well, he's, I think he's the all-time, lead, win, all-time leader in wins as a coach at Notre Dame. Leaving Notre Dame to take the head coaching job at LSU. Kelly signed a 10-year, $95 million contract with incentives. The Tigers also paid his $5 million buyout to hire him, ESPN's Adam Rittenberg reports. I could not be more excited to join a program with the commitment to excellence, rich traditions, and unrivaled pride and passion of LSU football, Kelly said. Uh, he met with Notre Dame players for 11 minutes on Tuesday prior to depart for LSU. The winningest head coach in Notre Dame history at 113-40, Kelly joined the Fighting Irish in 2010. They've reached the national championship game once and were selected to college football playoff twice over his tenure. I also heard that his players found out through social media and on TV before he texted them. He broke up with them over a text. He told them over a text instead of doing it face-to-face. But, you know, with social media now, it's hard to keep that stuff uh, keep that stuff from getting out. Now, last week, this is interesting, last week he was asked about leaving his post for the five hours, telling reporters, unless that fairy godmother comes by with that $250 million check, my wife would... My wife would want to take a look at it first. So, what does this mean for the Fighting Irish as far as coaches go? Who will be the next coach for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish? It didn't take long for Notre Dame elevated defensive coordinator Marcus Freeman to head coach to take Brian Kelly's place. Freeman Joe and Notre Dame after the 2020 campaign. Previously spent four years as Cincinnati's defensive coordinator. In his first season with the Fighting Irish, Freeman's defense allowed just 18.2 points per game, good for 11th in the FBS. The units also held seven of its opponents to 16 points or fewer. <coughs> Excuse me, offense coordinator Tommy Reese announced Wednesday that he'll remain at Notre Dame. He turned down an opportunity to join Kelly at LSU. Sports Illustrated's Ross Stevens reports. Notre Dame began the search for a new head coach following Kelly's shocking move to LSU after 12 years with the school. Fighting Irish are 11-1 and placed six in the latest college football playoff ranking. So, Marcus Freeman, the new head coach for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. All right, it's NFL time. Week 13 of the NFL some good matchups this week. Some good games this week. Uh, two of them that came right down to the end. 
and one of them that you just saw so much emotion, or three that came down to the end, and one of those three that had so much emotion at the end, uh, you just had to, we'll try to get the, the clips up on the Final Score Facebook and Twitter page. So let's start off Thursday night. Cowboys and the Saints. Cowboys coming off losing two in a row. Saints are like a walking mash unit. Trevor Simeon is out as quarterback. Taysom Hill is in. So Mike McCarthy is out for Dallas. He's not there at the game. He would hit COVID, hopefully doing better now. We, We all hope he's back on the sidelines again. So Dan Quinn steps in for Mike McCarthy where he stood so long with the Atlanta Falcons and leads the Cowboys to a 27-17 win over the Saints. Now, the Cowboys, who moved to 8-4, intercepted Saints quarterback Taysom Hill four times in all, three times in the final six minutes of the game, including defensive tackle Carlos Watkins pick six on a screen pass that made it 27-10 with 2.52 left. CeeDee Lamb has 122 yards for scrimmage coming back from that concussion. Tony Pollard rips off a 58-yard touchdown run, and the Dallas defense produced a drive stop and sack and three interceptions in the fourth quarter of a 27-17 victory over the Saints on Thursday night. Now, McCarthy and five assistant coaches didn't make the trip because of positive COVID-19 tests. So Quinn Quinn gets back on the sidelines and – Gets gets a win. So I don't think he'll be – don't get any ideas. I don't think he's going to be uh, interviewing for any head coaching jobs in the in the near future. Maybe wrong. Dak Prescott's 26 for 40, 238 yards, one TD and a pick. Taysom Hill, 19 for 41, 264 yards, two TDs and four interceptions. Now, I will say this about Hill. He did injure his hand his finger early in the game, whether that had, I'm sure it did, had uh, had some effect on the way through the ball. I'm sure it did. It had to have. I don't know. But he says instead of having surgery, he is going, he's going to play through this, this finger injury where they were talking about surgery one time, but now it's not going to happen. So the Cowboys moved to 8-4. They stay first. In the NFC East, the Saints dropped to five and seven, fourth in the NFC South. Cardinals and the Bears. Kyle Murray returns for the Cardinals and picks up right where he left off. Uh, and you kind of knew this wasn't going to be that much of a game, which it was closer. It got closer at the end than I thought it would, but yeah. Bears just don't have it this year. I think Nagy's going to be what is the Monday after. After the regular season's over, Black Monday, and it's not good. It's not like Black Friday. Black Monday, I think Nagy, unless something changes here in a hurry, Nagy might be one of those names mentioned on Black Friday. Uh, but Kyler Murray, 11 for 15, 123 yards, two TDs, no picks. Also had a rushing touchdown. Uh, and, and the Cardinals roll over the Bears, 33 to 22 at Soldier Field. Andy Dalton stepping in for Justin Fields didn't have quite the game he did against Detroit, which, you know, 
usually when a backup comes in a game late or, you know, whenever he came in for fields and they don't have, well, well, never mind, I'm wrong. Dalton was there for the whole game against Detroit, but that's Detroit. Uh, Dalton, 229 yards, two TDs, four interceptions. The only bright spot with the Bears right now, it looks like, is David Montgomery. 21 carries, 9 yards, and a touchdown. He looks like the only thing keeping that offense straight, where it's even where it's even effective at all. But Cardinals moved to 10-2. First team to, to win 10 games this year. First in the NFC West. The Bears, 4-8, third in the NFC North. So, who's next in a absolute blowout game that you don't even really want to hear about? Indianapolis shuts out Houston 31 to nothing. Jonathan Taylor stays hot, 32 carries, 143 yards, two TDs. Uh, paper MVP, what did he do today? 16 for 22, 158 yards, one TD, no interceptions. Nothing really to talk about from Houston. Yeah, pitiful. Uh, Colts go to seven and six, second in the AFC South. Texas drop to two and ten, third in the AFC South. You got to be pretty bad when a team wins, has won two games, and you, you're still third in your division. It's not a strong division. The Eagles without Jalen Hurts. Minshew Mania starts in Philadelphia, and he does a great job. <laughs> Gordon Minshew, former ECU Pirate, 20 of 25, 242 yards of two TDs as the Eagles get the win over the Jets, 33 to 18. Eagles go to third in the AFC East. Jets go to fourth in the AFC East. Eagles are six and seven. Can they still kind of, you know, I don't know. I don't know if they've got... I don't know. NFC East is going to be, right now, Cowboys are definitely on top. But the Red, watch out, Redskins. Yeah, I said Redskins. Redskins might make a move. Redskins, we'll talk about them in just a few minutes. All right, who's next? Chargers and the Bengals. Bengals coming up that actual shellacking of Pittsburgh. And for the first quarter, they act like they haven't seen a football. Next, end of the first quarter, 16 to nothing. And then all of a sudden, it's 24 to nothing Chargers. Justin Herbert having a field day. But then Joe Burr starts to relax. Bengals start to come back. They actually get it to 24 to 22. But then, Joe Mixon fumbles at the charge of 39 where they're driving down the field to possibly kick a, a field goal to take the lead or score a touchdown to take the lead. Fumbles. Chargers take it back 61 yards for a touchdown. And then it was just the, the Bengals didn't have anything for them after that. The Chargers get the win 41-22. Herbert, 26 of 35, 317 yards, three TDs and a pick. Joe Burrow. Here's another injury we got to watch out for. We talked about Taysom Hill earlier with his finger. Joe Burrow, I don't know if it's a dislocation or something like that, played through it in, in most of the second half. 24 for 40, 300 yards, one TD, two interceptions. Now, 
to give him a little bit of credit on one of those interceptions. What was it? Chase, uh, one of the receivers, bobbled the ball. It had a touchdown, it looked like, but he bobbles the ball in the air. It goes behind him. He's got the guy beat. It goes behind him, and the Chargers end up intercepting the ball. After that, you know, you go from and, – and this is another home game. Two weeks in a row at home, you go through – the Bengals just look like for two quarters they didn't know what they were doing. Two quarters they played pretty good, but two, the other two quarters they didn't know what they are doing. And it's still a learning process, I'm sure, for them being a good, able to have a good team like this. Bengals dropped to 75, second in the AFC North. The Chargers are second in AFC West at 75 also. So, AFC is looking pretty strong. Buccaneers and the Falcons, we'll talk briefly about this. Um, Brady with four touchdown passes. Falcons just can't get a, a win. Brady with 368 yards, four TDs, one interception. Fournette, I think he had another touchdown, a touchdown reception, not a rushing touchdown, but... Gronkowski with two touchdowns. Now, and you got to watch out for Tampa Bay right now. Tampa Bay could be getting ready to go through Brady one of those runs right here. You remember what I talked earlier about getting hot at the right time? Watch out. I don't doubt anything with the Buccaneers with Tom Brady anymore. No, I, You know I'm not the biggest Tom Brady fan, but I am not counting him out of anything. And they're 9-3, and they're a very quiet 9-3 right now. They're still not playing what you consider their best ball. Matt Ryan throws for 300, almost 300 yards, but no touchdowns. Tampa Bay gets a win 30-17. Stays first with a 9-3 record in the NFC South. The Falcons fall to 5-7 third in the NFC South. All right, who is next? The Vikings and the Lions. We've got to talk about this game, guys. Got to talk about this game. How many close games has Detroit been in this year? With the tie with Pittsburgh, they lost to the Ravens on a 66-yard 66-yard field goal as time expired. Other close games they've had, so many close games they've had, and it looked like, you know, Detroit jumps out to 20-6 lead at halftime, and I'm like, okay. Then it was 23-6, and all of a sudden the Vikings start coming back. Start coming back. Now, late in the game, it's 23-21 lines. Fourth down on your side of the field, on your own 28, 30-yard line, you go for it. You drop your guy back to pass. He gets sacked. And I'm thinking to myself, that's going to be the end. That's how they're going to lose this game. Kirk Cousins then goes down the field, hits Justin Jefferson for a touchdown. Two-point conversion was no good. So 27-21. 27-23, excuse me. And then with little time left, I forgot. I don't think it was like two minutes, maybe less than two minutes left when, when uh, they got the ball back. The Lions go down the field. Jared Goff throws an 11-yard touchdown pass to Amon Ross St. Brown as time expired. 
and gives Detroit their first win. A 75-yard drive without a timeout with one minute and 50 seconds left. Lions in a 15-game winless streak that lasted 364 days, almost a year to the day since they won at Chicago last year. You you just have to see, you have to see the uh, the video of that. They, they've got a video from every angle of when that touchdown was scored. And man, you have to feel great for the Lions to get that first win, to get that monkey off their back, and win that first game. Just congratulations to the Lions for getting off the slot. You, you've had a lot of games that should have went your way. But congratulations to you guys for getting getting that first win. Next up, the Washington football team takes on the Las Vegas Raiders. I still can't get used to calling either one by those names. Washington coming in on a hot streak. And, you know, if you look at last year, when they beat Pittsburgh and ended Pittsburgh's winning streak, they went on a hot streak then. Could this be the start of something for, for Washington? Raiders coming off that big overtime win on Thanksgiving Day against the Cowboys. So you figured this would be a good game, and it was. It came right down to the end. Uh, Washington jumped out to a 7-0 lead on an incredible catch, incredible touchdown catch by Logan Thomas. He elevated uh, five. He was caught three catches, 48 yards in that touchdown. Unfortunately for the Redskins and for Logan Thomas, he was lost for the year later in the game, making a block. On a run play, and it looked like the guy went, the defender for the Raiders went to take his legs out. I don't know why. But tore ACL, MCL, uh, there was what they're thinking. So Logan Thomas out for the year, a big weapon for, for Washington right there. Game that comes down to the wire. Uh, Washington holds a, what, a, I want to say it was a 14 to 6 lead at one time. The Raiders come back, kick a field goal to make it 15 14, and, and Taylor Heineke. And I told one of my friends, Lynn, my buddy Lynn, who's not on the podcast right now, he's taking a break. Heineke looked like he has settled down. He looks like he's, he's relaxed in the pocket now. And. He led them down the field to get a, a game-winning field goal by Johnson, 48-yard field goal attempt. And But the Raiders still had a little bit of time up, just not enough, and uh, didn't know, never got in the field goal range, had to throw a Hail Mary, which didn't <clears throat> didn't happen. And the, the Washington football team gets the win, 17-15, go to 6-6, six and six, second in the NFC East, two games behind the Cowboys. Raiders fall to six and six, third in the AFC West. All right, we're not going to talk much about this game. Jaguars and the Rams. Rams maul Jaguars. No pun intended. Thirty-seven to seven. Uh, Cooper Cup had some, a touchdown. Stafford got back on track. Good game to get back on track against is is playing the Jaguars. Thirty-seven to seven. Rams get the win. Then another one of these fantastic finishes. 
49ers and the Seahawks in a game that, man, it was just back and forth, back and forth. Seattle would get up one time, then 49ers would get up. Uh, Kittle had a great game. George Kittle, nine catches, 181 yards, two touchdowns. But it wasn't enough. As Russell Wilson looks like he's come back, looks like he's got the rust off, 30 for 37, 231 yards, two TDs, one interception. But comes down to the end, Garoppolo drops back to pass. And the ball is batted up in the air by Dunlap, Carlos Dunlap from the Seahawks and on a fourth and goal. Garoppolo gets sacked in the end zone to tie the ball game up in the fourth quarter, though. How do you get a sack in that kind of game? When you're down by – you're up by two? You just, does he have money on the game or what? But anyway, 49ers fall to 6-6, six and six, third in the NFC West. The Seahawks are 4-8, and eight, fourth in the NFC West. A lot of talk this week about is the, the era of Russell Wilson in Seattle over – or uh, you know, don't count him out just yet. He's coming. Out, he's coming back. Of, I mean, what worse injury for a quarterback to have than your hand, your finger? It's kind of hard to come back from that and get yourself straight. But it looks like he may be coming back. All right. I did something I haven't done since I've been running this podcast and making picks during the week. And Lynn will tell you, Lynn Bryant, like I said earlier, I always pick my Steelers. This week, after that shellacking they took in Cincinnati, I did not pick the Steelers to beat the Ravens at Hines Field. I did not pick it. And the news coming out this week that Rossberger has been sharing with other other teammates that this would probably be his last year. Which that'll be a episode, a, a topic for another episode. Uh, you guys know how big a Steeler fan I am. So this was, this may be his last game against the Ravens at Heinz Field, and you want to with this rivalry. It's a rivalry unlike none other. I mean, this is what what the uh, Duke Carolina basketball rivalry is. This is the same thing. With NFL, this is an intense rivalry. No matter how bad one team is or how good the other team is, it seems like it's most of the time, majority of the time, this is a close game. And yesterday was no different. Looks like it's going to be one of those games. 7-3 to three at halftime. Scoreless first quarter. I want to st- <laughs> We talk about the Ravens a lot up here. I talk about Lamar Jackson a lot up here. And with good reason. Not saying he's not an incredible athlete. But as a quarterback, people are figuring him out. He's a great running back playing quarterback. He's, what he threw, four picks last week against Cleveland, and they managed to get the win. Now, I'm going to go ahead and tell you the final score. Pittsburgh comes back, gets a win, 20-19. Baltimore goes for a two-point conversion after they go down the field with, I think they score with 12 seconds left to make it 20-19. They go for two. And the ball falls a little short of Andrews, I think it's Mark Andrews' hands. 
Lamar Jackson throws a little too little too long for Invit, but it was a, he was open. And the Steelers hold on to win 2019. All right, let's talk about this game. <clears throat> Roethlisberger. After last week's tough game, which it was tough on every aspect of the game for the Steelers last week. There was no bright spot. Roethlisberger, 21 for 31, 236 yards, two TDs, no, no picks. And let, I mean, when you're down in a game like the Ravens-Steelers game, it's 10 to 3 in the third quarter. He scored, they scored 17 points in the fourth quarter to win this game. He was leading them down. And I'll say this about Najee Harris. This kid's going to be special. People are still saying, no, oh, he's not putting up the numbers. This kid is going to be special. He got better as the game went along. I mean, he was making runs. Uh, I'd like to see how many yards he had in the second half. He finishes with 71 yards rushing. Didn't have a TD, but he got several key first downs. I'm looking for his stats right now. Seven hundred seventy-nine yards, five touchdowns for a rookie, and with the offensive line he's playing with, that's not bad. That's that's not bad at all. So Ravens fans, let's first of all let's talk about the two-point conversion. Now, after the game, everybody was wondering, you know, you heard Tony Romo say, I want him to go for two. I know they'll probably kick it. They're going for two. But I want him to go for two and see who wins this game. Evidently, John Harbaugh was listening. He went for two. Like I said, it came up short. After the game, I asked about why he went for two. Because both his starting cornerbacks were out. Don't you have two more cornerbacks to put in the game? Don't you have the best kicker in football? A guy that hit a 66-yard field goal. You've got the number one seed in the AFC right now, despite the way some of your, your team has been performing. I, I take my chances in overtime. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Got to take my hats off to Deontay Johnson. Man, two touchdown catches, the game-winning score, eight catches, 105 yards, two TDs. He took some shots last night, too. And it kills me about these Ravens fans. You, you look, see them on Twitter. Your referees, when you're calls calls. The Steelers, this is a quote to the Steelers. The referees went in y'all's pocket all night. Well, if they're going to call a defenseless receiver play, Johnson was that. It balls over his head. Ravens defensive back takes a shot at him. No call. Um, you know, to listen to the Ravens fans talk, it's like, well, we're still on top. What, is it, what good does that do? What good does that win do? It keeps us in the playoff hunt. It's a win versus you guys. 
don't say, I mean, don't have sour grapes. You got beat. Lamar Jackson, let's talk about this. 20 to 19 win, right? Well, guess what? First quarter, first drive of the game. Ravens are in the red zone. Third and goal. Jackson getting pressured by Watt, and he throws the ball straight up in the air in the middle of the field. That's a cardinal sin. No, no. And Minka Fitzpatrick picks up. That's three points you guys gave up right there. That's the difference in the game. But he's the MVP. He is the he's the MVP. He's going to be the one. He's going to be the MVP. No. Something's got to change in, in Baltimore. you got to change your offense or, or change something. You can't depend on him. His, he doesn't throw the ball well. I'm sorry. He's a great kid off the field. Got nothing but respect for him. But he, he does not have the accuracy to be an NFL quarterback right now. Yeah, he puts up the numbers and stuff. He runs the ball. 700, what, almost 800 yards rushing? He's in the top seven in the NFL rushing. No, don't give me that MVP crap anymore. Pittsburgh gets a win, 20-19. 6-5-1, 3rd in the AFC North. Ravens go to 8-4, and four, first, still first in the AFC North. So, Sunday night game. Chiefs and the Broncos, an AFC West matchup, big AFC West matchup. Chiefs are riding high with a four-game win streak. They look like they're getting back on track. Defense, which I said was the biggest problem with the Chiefs, is getting back on track. Looks like they're playing well. Now, Denver wanted to come out, give Kansas City the ball first, stop them, and then they had the ball first the second half. Didn't work out well. Kansas City's up 10 nothing in the first quarter. Bridgewater did not look good at all. But the Chiefs get the win 22-9. Go to 8-4. First in the AFC West. And the Broncos fall to 6-6. Fourth in the AFC West. Mahomes still, still not a great game. He's not playing MVP caliber. 15-29. 184 yards. No TDs. One interception. He ran for a touchdown, and I think that was the only offensive touchdown they had. Bridgewater had a pick six intercepted by Sorensen at the Kansas City 25. He goes 75 yards and has one of the craziest celebrations before he got to the end zone. He's lucky he held on to the ball, to tell you the truth. But that's the Chiefs get the win. Five in a row for the Chiefs. Are they back? I'm still not saying they're back because their offense is not looking that great. But they're definitely headed in the right direction. So tonight, big matchup. AFC East. Patriots at Buffalo. Buffalo's favored by two and a half. I think I picked. I think I picked Buffalo to win last week. Ah. I think Buffalo's going to get it. They've got to have this win to, to, to take over the, 
the lead in the AFC East. But the Patriots are playing so well right now. I'm going to go with Buffalo, but it's going to be close. It's going to be close. All right, week 14 picks. Let's look at week 14. Come on, bring it up. Slow Hughes net. Thursday night game, my boys, the Steelers, travel to Minnesota to take on the Vikings. <sighs> Let down game. I'm going to go with the Steelers. Vikings coming off that loss to Detroit. They want to be, they're going to be fired up. No Dalvin Cook, though. But we have a habit of making backup running backs look like Jim Brown. So I think it could be close. I think it's going to be close, but I'm going with the Steelers. Ravens and the Browns at Cleveland. Second time in three weeks. I'm going Cleveland. I think the Ravens are getting ready to go on a spiral. Marlon Humphrey lost for the year. Don't know about the other cornerback. So if they can't, if they can't, they don't have two backups ready to play in a in a game. Then how they gonna get them ready in a week? So Browns over Ravens. Chiefs and Raiders. Big rivalry week this week all the way across the board. Here it looks like. Uh, I got the Chiefs. I think it's time the Raiders start going downhill. This is the this is the time. Cowboys and the Washington football team at Washington. I'm going to hot hand. I'm going Washington right now. I met Eric Sawyer may light me up for it, but I'm going Washington. Seahawks and the Texans. Oh, I got the Seahawks going there. Jaguars and Titans. Let's go Titans. Falcons and Panthers. I'm going Falcons. Saints and the Jets. Upset special. I'm going to Jets. <coughs> Excuse me. Lions and the Broncos. Could the Lions be? Let's go for the Lions. Two in a row. Lions over the Broncos. Giants and the Chargers. I got the Chargers there. Uh, Mike Glennon goes out. The backup to Daniel Jones. He goes out with a concussion. Who's going to play quarterback for the Giants this week? Bills. Versus the Buccaneers in a big, big game there. I got to go with Brady. Maybe I'll be wrong, but I got to go with Brady. Bengals and 49ers at Cincy. I'm going I'm going 49ers. Bears and the Packers. Sunday night football game. Packers in a rout. And then we got the Monday night game. Rams and Cardinals. Woo-hoo! At Arizona. Wow. I got to go with the Cardinals. I hope the Rams win. No offense, Arizona, but I got to go with the car. Got to go with the Cardinals. All right. So that's going to do it for our picks this week. And that's going to do it for the final score this week, guys. Hope you guys have a great week. We've got some big interviews coming up on the final score uh, on the fly. If you want to check us out, check us out now. We're, off, we're now a member of podchaser.com. You want to check us out up there? Leave us a good rating. Subscribe. Leave us a rating. Man, that, that'll help me out so much if you would leave a, a great rating for me. It would help, help the podcast be seen by uh, a lot of other people. We'll get get out there. More people will listen. Give me that five-star rating or give me a four-star rating, whatever you want to give me, and that, uh, just help me out, guys. Help me out with this. I appreciate you guys more than you know. Appreciate all you guys listening. Uh, What's coming up next for the final score? We're getting to the end of season three. 
hard to believe it's been three years we've been doing the final score. Coming up to the end of the year, um, it's football, 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 guys. It's football from here on out for the rest of the year. Anyway, if you want to know what I want for Christmas, I'll, I'll put my list out there. You guys can send it right here to the big metropolis in Lasker. <laughs> what I really want for Christmas is Pittsburgh to keep winning. But we'll see. All right, you guys, that's going to do it for this week on the Final Score. You guys have a great week. That's the Final Score.